We are back. The Grit Dogs have returned after a year-long hiatus. I'm Christian Boer, and I'm joined, as always, by Justin O'Dell. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, we certainly hope that everybody's staying safe out there, staying inside. Uh, Justin, how have you been handling this quarantine? Uh, what has it done for you, and, and what, what maybe have you learned about yourself? Uh, well, I learned I can cook a good steak on the grill, so that's a positive. Hey, me too. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to stay active. I've been running on the treadmill, lifting some weights, just doing what I can to stay fit. So That's legit. I've, I've watched every episode of King of the Hill, and <laughs> I can – I can fry up chicken like it's nothing now. So certainly, I'm not going to say we're running out of things to do, but, I mean, we've pretty much exhausted every option at this point. But we're back on the podcast. And, Justin, why don't you give them a little bit of rundown of what we're going to be doing this time around because we're no longer high school athletes. But we've certainly got some ideas up our sleeves. Justin, why don't you tell them a little bit about that? Well, we're going to bring in some people to talk to about sports, such as like drafts. Christian's got a guy that we can bring in and talk to about that. We might bring in some central football players that are either in college right now or in the NFL. We might be bringing in some past and current Everett athletes, uh, definitely some alum. And if you guys want to join the podcast, just leave a comment. Yeah, for sure. We're open. Any takers, we're going to try and make this thing a little bit more consistent than it was last time around. Uh, but we'll certainly be bringing you the laughs, or or so we think, <laughs> the same amount that we did last time we were on this. Yeah, we're, play- uh, we're, we're planning on – I guess we'll get – We're planning on doing these on Tuesdays no, and Thursdays. Yeah, that's the plan right now to get you some pretty consistent content, at least till this quarantine is over. You know how it is. We've, like we said earlier, we've got a little bit less than, less to do than what we usually do, so we figure we'd bring back the podcast. And without any further ado, Justin, I'll let you get right into our, our first topic, which is the NFL draft. Justin, why don't you give us a little bit of rundown on your top prospects, some guys to watch, and maybe some sleepers that you know about to watch for here and this virtual draft? Well, I think the most intriguing team in the draft is probably the Detroit Lions because they're in a unique spot where they don't need a quarterback, but number three, the number three spot's a highly coveted position to get a quarterback. So I see, I see them trading back, and I saw a report today that they might trade back with the Dolphins for their 18th pick, 26th pick, and the 39th pick, which I think would be awful. Because that would give really? the Dolphins two top ten, pick, top five picks, as a matter of fact. So they'd be sitting at two top five picks, which is where the best players are when we have people. Because, I mean, you've seen Bob Quinn's draft history. Jared Davis, Taylor Decker, they haven't panned out. <laughs> nope. But some sleepers, no, I... some sleepers that I have in mind are – Definitely Donovan Peoples-Jones and Josh Shea out of Michigan. And then... Yeah, Peoples-Jones is an interesting one because he's got all the athletic ability in the world. You, you saw it on, on display at the Combine. 
he ran a good 40. He had a really good vertical jump, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, but, you know, he didn't really pan out at Michigan. And you can attribute that to the quarterback play, or you can say that maybe he's just not the, he's not a polished enough receiver at this point. And I think that if he can get into the right scheme and maybe get in with a veteran quarterback or a veteran receiving core, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to be a steal for some team on day two because, like I said earlier, he's got athletic ability and he's got speed. And Uche is another edge rusher, and I think he's going to do all right too. You know, he came out of the scene a little bit as a sophomore at Michigan, kind of a change of pace guy behind Rashawn Gary, and another good dude with good speed. And I don't know, he could – if I'm not mistaken, he could make a push at a late first-round uh, selection. Yeah. Yeah, he'd but be like the Taco Charles. It's more than likely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's more than likely that he's going to go on day two. But, you know, some team may move up into the first round. They may trade up into it and say, hey, this is a good dude. This is a guy we want. And just like that, Michigan's got a first-rounder coming off the board. Justin, how about anybody from Michigan State that you've seen that maybe could – be high on some teams' draft boards? Uh, probably Kenny Willicks, him. He's pretty good. Kenny Willicks, yes. Yeah, I don't know. He's a pretty <laughs> solid defensive end as well. Yeah, he's, he's another dude that's talented. I mean, anchored that Michigan State defense that's been good for a while now. Mm-hmm. You know, the Spartans' problems this year certainly were not on defense. Yeah, uh, another guy. Offense. Right. And speaking of their offense, another guy, Cody White, another dude that's talented. He didn't run a great 40th combine, didn't put on a great showing, but once again, another a team could see him late round and think, hey, let's go get this guy and give him at least a shot in training camp. Other than that, though, I mean, Michigan State's a little bit stripped for talent. Josiah Scott is another guy in the defensive backfield that mm-hmm. can play. Yeah. But other than that. Joe Bocci, linebacker. Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. But, I mean, the obvious top prospects in the draft are definitely Joe Burrow, Chase Young, and Jeff Okuda. So, right. those are obviously the top three, plus Isaiah Simmons. Simmons is, so Simmons is pretty interesting. This question. Yeah. Yeah, that was what I was going to ask you. Is if the Lions were to trade out at three with the Dolphins and come back at five, and both Okuda and Simmons are sitting there. Who, who do you take? Because you could have gotten Okuda at three anyway. I guess you could have gotten them both at three anyway, but maybe, maybe it doesn't look as bad if you take Simmons at five versus if you take him at three. Who do you think the Lions go with tomorrow I would, night? I would pick Simmons because their biggest issue is the pass rush, which you and I both know from watching Lions games over the years, that's been their big issue for a long time. Because, in my opinion, yes, your pass defense also reflects your corner's job, too. Because if the quarterback has, like, 10 seconds to throw, they're going to find someone open. Correct. So, And that's been the way it's been for the Lions. You know, you've had a, <laughs> a halfway decent secondary in the past with guys like Darius Slay back there. But when you've got no pass rush, it makes those guys look bad because they can't cover fast receivers for a half yeah. out every single play. So which I'm surprised the pass rush I'm surprised I they didn't get lit up against the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. Which I mean 
yeah, look how much that mattered. Yeah. But hey, moving forward, it would have it would have been back to back years of get, beating the Super Bowl champs. That that is correct. That is correct. But uh, moving forward a little bit, let's talk about day two selections for the Lions. Let's talk about some guys that could be out there on day two. A guy like maybe Jonathan Taylor or A.J. Appenza from Iowa, the defensive end. Mm-hmm. Those guys are very, very intriguing. And in most years, maybe they're round one guys, but the class is obviously a little bit loaded. Taylor at running back, you know, the running back position is a little bit undervalued these days. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about those two guys and – do the Lions have a realistic shot at getting either one of them? I'd say they have a great shot of getting Jonathan Taylor because he's proven to be a durable back who can take a beating and he can catch, he can run someone over, and he can make a miss in the open field. So better than carry on. <laughs> yeah. Carry on Johnson hasn't made it through a season healthy yet. At what point do you think it's time to move on from him? Do you think that time is now? Or do you think he's got a little bit of a longer lead? I would give him one more year because they found Bo Scarborough from the Seahawks practice squad last year, and he really showed out. So then you could have a mm-hmm. you could have a two headed monster in the backfield, plus Ty Johnson, who ran a sub four two at his pro day at Maryland. Yeah, I mean that's good speed out of the backfield. Obviously, there's no questions at quarterback with Matt Stafford and then Chase Daniel to back him up. I don't think they go quarterback this year at least. Uh, you may see them bring one in in training camp, but I don't think they decide to bring in a rookie or use a selection. I did see that there's talk they could take a punter. A punter. Bradley Mann out of Texas A&M, which, yeah, because I Sam Martin has left. So Bradley Mann, a name to watch in the late rounds on the Lions draft boards. I think because that, of the departure of Sam Martin. Yeah, I think that Ben Bredesen and Cesar Ruiz could be some pretty good second-day picks too. Yes. Yes, both guys out of Michigan on the offensive line. The Wolverines had a pretty good offensive yeah. line. John Runyon's year. pretty solid too. There's, right, they, had a, they were halfway decent in the run game, but all the struggles behind center <laughs> kind of threw them for a loop. Plus, the Big Ten was pretty – pretty stacked this year with Ohio State and Penn State up top. Yeah. And and Michigan is starting to decline in terms of recruiting and talent. Uh, that that gap between them and Ohio State's just gotten bigger over this recruiting cycle. Michigan struggling to bring in four-star guys while Ohio State continues to turn over five-star after five-star and the Wolverines are going to run out of luck eventually, I think in that rivalry, but you know, it is what it is, so Justin, any final thoughts on the draft? I think I'm good. Yeah, it's going to be intriguing. Again, the draft runs from Thursday to Saturday. And really, that's about all the sports content that there is right now besides the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary. Actually, did you Justin, see that there's going to be a golf tournament between Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady? I had heard something about that. Tell us a little bit yeah, about Yeah, it's going to be Justin. premiered on TNT, I think, sometime next week. Yeah. Really? Well, that gives us something and all else. And all the funds from um, that are going to go to coronavirus charities. That's, that's yeah. pretty good. Uh, 
but other than that, you know, the Michael Jordan Bulls documentary, Justin, have you seen the first two episodes? And if so, what I you sadly have not. Well, yeah, I'm kind of bummed because I've heard it's pretty good. Well, well, you got to get on that because Sunday night, nine o'clock, episodes three and four drop, and boys. I believe one of yes, the bad boys are going to be on there. I'm going to be, you know, sitting in front of my television set Sunday night, nine o'clock, and I'm going to be watching it. I uh, just like I tuned in for the first two episodes. I was I was pleased with them. I was impressed. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where this thing goes. You just, being born in 2001, I had no idea the kind of guy Michael Jordan was. I knew he was good at basketball, but that was it. And it's been cool in these first two episodes to put a name with a face and get to see just how much of a competitor this dude was. And just to see, I mean, there's clips of him screaming at his teammates in practice. Come on, guys, we got to put this together. Like, it's the most impressive thing. Justin, you got to get on. I will. Man. You got to get on that. Uh, other than that, Justin, anything else that's been going on, you know, in your life? I know you're committed to play baseball at Cornerstone. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that process and that experience for you and what you're doing to stay ready for the baseball season? Well, it was real right cool. Now. I went to go do my visit there, and the coaches were nice and open. I ended up playing the game of Madden against one of their players. So that was cool. Yeah, I lost. Really? But. <laughs> Yeah, I show up. They're all wearing hockey jerseys for some reason. So I thought I was at the wrong complex for a minute. But, yeah, I threw a bullpen. It was nice. And then I got offered about a month later. And the, what I've been doing is I've just been doing my belt work. I've been working out, throwing the ball, hitting the ball, just whatever I can. Right, right. Respect yep. the grind. You've uh, – sir- Certainly been working hard, I imagine, and that's a good thing. You know, we've got a lot of a lot of dudes that are talented that have potential to, to play at the next level. I unfortunately was not one of them. You know, I just for whatever reason the athletic ability just never really got past my way. You know, you're a great commentator, though. You're a great that's commentator. Hey, appreciate that. Limited experience. I've done what I can. Um, really. You know, we were supposed to have a, a talk show at Central this year, this semester with a couple of my buddies, but that unfortunately fell through because it was supposed to start after spring break, and we're still on spring yep. break. So Longest spring break in Everett history right it's here. Just been... Correct, correct. I remember leaving my dorm Thursday night and, you know, saying goodbye to all my roommates, thinking, hey, week from now I'm going to be right back where I am now. Uh, the plan was to go to Cleveland for the Mid-American Conference Tournament. And with our women's team being the number one seed, I figured I'd be there all weekend. So we left, mon- we left Monday morning for Athens, Ohio, to watch our men's team play in the play-in game of the conference tournament. And they lost. But we were coming into the Convocation Center when we had gotten an email saying that there were three confirmed cases of the coronavirus in Cleveland, which is where we'd be going. And we were thinking, well, is it really worth it? We didn't think it was that severe. So we, you know, passed on and and moved to Cleveland to the next part of our journey. And we get the notification Tuesday that there's going to be no fans. And the guy I was traveling with, we were just thinking, hey, this is history now. 
And so we did the best we could to document that while we were at the game on Wednesday and our women's team ended up losing, which in hindsight was probably good because the next day, that Thursday, they canceled the whole thing. And so we got to leave a night before it got too hectic. Certainly an experience I'll never forget. And, you know, being in Cleveland in Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse nine days after Rudy Gobert played there with the Utah Jazz (laughs) and then having it come out that he's the first guy with coronavirus – it certainly um, makes you a little bit nervous, but I've been asymptomatic. I don't have any of the symptoms, and it's been over a month now since I've been there, so I think we dodged For the bullet. Sure. Um, you know, but it, the whole time I was in Cleveland, the whole time we were all in Cleveland, nonstop washing your hands. There's sanitizing stations everywhere. It was a crazy experience. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. My, I was looking at flights the other night, and a flight from Michigan to Orlando is like seventeen bucks round trip. Yeah, yeah. My little brother wants to go to Florida as well, and I mean, sixty-five dollar flights. You can't beat it. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat it. Let's hope. Let's hope that when things do return to semi-normal, that that. It's the flight prices don't necessarily skyrocket back up, although I'm sure they will because as soon as this is over, everybody's going to yeah, want to go somewhere. That's for sure. So. Yeah, and then I just saw today that the Boise State staff is going to have to go on furlough for ten days. Yeah. Really. So let's hit in college football now. Yeah, I the University of Connecticut released a statement saying that they were unsure about the future of their fall sports seasons. So maybe college football gets moved to the spring. That's one possible avenue I've heard about. I've heard that it's going to be tough for them to cancel the whole thing altogether. You can't really miss a season because for a lot of these athletic departments, college football is a big moneymaker and you're going to need it to stay afloat. And so, I know at Central Michigan they've got the uh, the Champion Center, their big new building coming out, and it's it's looking really nice from what I've seen of it. And that was supposed to be opened the day of their first game. They were supposed to have the grand opening, and doesn't look like that's going to happen now with the construction being halted. And who knows? You know, it may still end up being open on opening day if the opening day gets pushed back. And I think a lot of that depends on if you're having students on campus come August 30th. So you're obviously not going to send just the college football players back to campus in July if this isn't over. And if you don't send them back in July, they're either going to have a very limited preseason practice schedule or or they're just going to have to move the season back. So it'll be interesting to see how all this develops when things return to yeah, what do you think is going to go on with Major League Baseball? I had seen the proposal that they want to go to Florida and Arizona mm-hmm. and play the at the spring training complexes and then play the World Series at the domes in Tampa Bay mm. or Arizona. And while I think that that is certainly a great idea, it's, it just won't be the same as what what it usually is. And while, you know, if you're the Tampa Bay Rays 
or the Miami Marlins, you see this as a godsend because you weren't playing in front of anybody when fans were allowed in stadiums. And now you get to play in front of nobody when they're not. It may not be that big of a change for you, but you talk about franchises like the Yankees and the Red Sox who pride themselves on their battles, you know, their state-to-state competition, they, them two hate each other, and then you ask them to play in front of nobody in Florida. I just don't know how that's going to work yeah, out. Yeah, and then I was listening to this radio talk show a couple days ago, and it was Anthony Rizzo on there. He was saying that it wouldn't really be fair for Chris Bryant because his wife just had a kid. I didn't think about that. And then Mike Trout's yes. wife expecting. So yeah. it's like, where's the family time at either? Because they're going to be – it was in the report it said that they were going to be quarantined to hotel rooms. So – Yeah. Because they're more than just baseball players. I heard that. Yes, Zach Wheeler, a pitcher for the Phillies, another one that said his wife is expecting and he's going to – he'll miss whenever that is. He's already told his team that – if they're playing when his wife has their child, that he's going to miss however much time is necessary. He said he's willing to take the, the 10 or however many days off for the, the break to quarantine himself because he wants to be with his family, and I respect mm-hmm. that decision. Yeah, I do too. So, it, I mean, that that's just another one of the downfalls and, and blowbacks from this whole thing that's going on. So looking forward, you know, we may not have Major League Baseball. Who knows if we're going to have an NBA season or the NBA playoffs. There's talk they're going to cancel that altogether. But we can just hope for the best. Yep, you know? Just stay positive and hope for the best. Absolutely. We've uh, got big things in store for this podcast, at least we think. Um, we're not sure if our big dreams for our guests are going to work out or some Things we're going to have to do to set those up, but we figure we'd give you a little bit of content while we're all stuck yeah. in our own homes these days. Justin, any final thoughts before we call it a night? Well, just everyone stay safe and keep following the protocols that have been issued and have a good night.